Kultur. Kultura. Kultur. Kultura. Culture. Kultur. Kultur. Herzlich willkommen, benvenuto a tutti. Hello and welcome. Mein Name ist Erik Facon und dies ist der Kulturstammtisch. Dies ist die erste der vier Spezialausgaben dieses Podcasts anlässlich des Locarno Filmfestivals 2021. Wir befinden uns in der Rotonda bei La Mobiliare. Die Rotonda, ein Verkehrskreisel an der Ausfahrt von Locarno Richtung Ascona. Und dieser Verkehrskreisel, der verwandelt sich während Festivalzeiten in einen Festplatz voller Kultur und Kulinarik. Und nun kommt der brutale Wechsel in eine andere Sprache, weil einer von unseren Gästen kein Deutsch spricht, werden wir jetzt auf Englisch weitermachen. So, my guests are Jenny Billiter, responsible for the programming of a movie theater Xenix in Zurich. Several years you've worked here at the festival itself and a couple of other festivals too, Vision du Réel and Ipardi du Romani here in Locarno. Then Stefano Knuchel, project manager, filmmakers academy at this festival, also a filmmaker, and Michael Seinhauser, film journalist of Radio SRF. Today we'll be talking about youth and movies, thus the title, Generation On Demand. This is the generation that has grown up with all of the possibilities of the digital world. Films are everywhere today. Possibilities to watch them are endless. So why should one go to a movie theater into a huge room with other people who might be disturbing you? How do you get young people into movie theaters again? And what about movie culture in general? So my first question, and I'm going to start with you, Jenny. Am I being overly pessimistic or is there a sort of a crisis? I think you are a little bit overly pessimistic. I think there is change for sure. Um, and there might be even a little bit of a shrinking of, uh, of a cinema or kino culture, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Even when the VHS was invented and the mm. DVD and the Blu-ray, I think there was always a fear of cinema dying, but cinema is clearly yeah. not dead. This is what we do as journalists. We cry wolf every time that a technological advance happens. Uh, Stefano, what do you say to this overly pessimistic description of, of movie cinema culture nowadays? <laughs> First of all, first of all, sorry for being the, the language traitor, you know, uh, I have this very Berner name, Knuchel, but I don't speak German, so sorry about that. Mm. And uh, now, um, it's interesting because actually that point is really the point that came up in these two first days with all the new generation that we have here at the Filmmakers Academy and the Critics Academy and the Industry Academy and the base camp where young people from cinema but also from other form art discipline come is how do you go back to the emotion of cinema, you know? So, and young people are more conservative than one can think, you know? They love film, they want to go back to nature, uh, they love the history, they, they love retrospective. So, in a way, it's more like then how all this culture, all this um, heritage of cinema can enter their life. Mm. Yesterday we, we met with uh, Radu Jude and he said that the, the emotion of cinema when he was young in Romania was about scarcity, you mm. know, that was the point. Well, yeah. this is something that we're going to come back to. I, I think that's a really important point, but I'd like to introduce Michael. Michael, what do you say about my cultural pessimism? 
I think young people get older and mm. we don't know what they're going to do when they're older. But usually what, what happened to us was we changed habits. We kept some of them and we had to change some others. And my idea is even those that do not go to the cinema because it's expensive or unnecessary or because you have other means to see the films, a lot of other means these days, there comes a point where you have different needs. Sometimes you've had children for three years or so, and now it's the first time you can go out again. Well, now where do you go? You can go eating or dancing, or you can go and see the film. So I think as long as the experience is available, there is a good chance that it will be taken up again. I like, I like the idea of uh, youth being more um, conservative and liking films naturally, but I, I still think, and I'm just going to go on in my pessimistic way for a little bit, because I, I did a sort of like a, a, a quick exit questionnaire for my kids, um, 22 and 15, and asked them what they thought of cinema. And the first thing that cropped up was cost. Too much. Um, watching films at home is more comfortable. You can go to the toilet whenever you like, and you can go and pick up a drink when you like. You just stop, and then you come back. And yeah, you go on with a film. And you can second screen. There's a long list of stuff like that. So how do you get young people back to the cinemas again? Well, I think a special thing was that it was COVID time. And in this, in this COVID time, we we're all also adapting to watching more films on the couch and, and also having, yeah, to, to learn to do this. Now, I hope that COVID, I'm not going to say COVID is, is over, but the cinemas are open again. And we really noticed that people were, were very happy to come back because it is something different and you don't always want to uh, watch films in your pyjamas on the couch. Sometimes you like it to go there, especially with someone. And it's a cultural practice. And I think also, like uh, Michael said, it's not only it's about age, it's about phases in your life and uh, about interest. The only thing that is important, I think, is that children have to, at one point, to learn how to go to cinema. And that's uh, therefore this Lanterne uh, Magique or this kind of um, pedagogical, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but um, um, ways to teach children how to do cinema um, are important because uh, if you don't learn the practice, maybe you will never do it. Like I never really learned how to go to an opera and that's mm -hmm. why I'm a little bit, it's a cultural thing. So, yeah, I, I wanted to make this point. I think that's exactly one of the, the main points. The Lanterne Magic, the children's film club, works well with smaller children. And there inevitably comes the point where they don't want to go anymore because they're not small children anymore. And there used to be nothing for them after that. So they rediscovered films in any way they could. And for a while, it was thought we have to have another program to pick up there. But actually, once it's there, once you have found some kind of, of link to films, I think you can pick up 10 years later. Mm. There was a similar misconception, as like you, what you said about the conservatism of, of young people. About 10 years ago, Swiss filmmakers tried to make films on young people, films with teenagers in it. To try to get young people to yes, watch these and films. Of course, teenagers are usually 
absolutely not interested in seeing themselves on the screen. They they want their future life. They want some adventure. They want something that's not their life. And if you have too much of these these teenager films, you just have the parents go and watch them and drag the kids along. Mm. That didn't work. Of course, there's always the exception, like like the classics, the Breakfast Club or so. But right. even those are carried on by older people and in the memories. But nevertheless, it sounds like an educational course. You have to take kids, young people by the hand and lead them back into cinemas, into theaters. How do you do that? Yeah, that, that, that's the problem. I mean, theater, going to the theater is not natural anymore. And, and also, this sounds different when I say that from Ticino point of view, because if you talk in Zurich, in Zurich you will have like lots of cinema, lots of diversity in programming, but that's not the case here in Ticino. And I'm not mentioning people coming from Romania, coming from Sri Lanka, from Madagascar. These people are just so happy that the internet happened, you know, that they can access all the culture and all the movies. So, but I think going to the theater, you linked it uh, to going to opera, I, I think it's really uh, a cultural gesture. Yes, it is a different way to enjoy cinema. But then what kind of cinema you enjoy differently? Because if it's all effects, if it's all surround, if it's all like this, this kind of stuff, you, you, you're kind of getting there in, in your home uh, setting. Uh, or is it like experiencing the kind of cinema that you are totally immersed, that is more cultural? So how do you build this relation to going to cinema? Both exist, entertainment and culture, but both need to be um, teased in very different ways. Mm. And young people sometimes don't like to be taught. That's also a problem. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, you know, from the point of view uh, that I'm speaking from, actually, of course, I have people who are interested in cinema and want to explore through cinema. Mm -hmm. You know, they are very adventurous, very daring. So, and they want to be taught. They want to confront with people that can bring them something. But in general terms, I think young generation are very open to uh, an intelligent proposal. But I, I totally agree with what, uh, what was said before. Uh, they don't want someone just trying to talk to them. No, in, in the sense of getting to their level, you know, trying to speak the language. No, they want another language. That's, that could be an, an interesting experience. When, well, and then those who, do, who are not interested, they are not interested, you know. I, I don't like also this kind of demagogy or like here in Locarno, like the, the Rotonda before. People came here to dance and get drunk, you know, like, oh, get these young people to see a movie. No, you won't get these people to see the movies. They will not enjoy the movie. Even you force them into the theater. I, I think to me this is kind I'm not saying that this will never happen, like keep them out of the theaters, they are not welcome, no. But realistically, I never saw that happen. Let's just, but there is, let's train, let's talk at least to the person who are interested, who, 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 because cinema is part of the culture, let's get this culture of cinema into people who are interested to be part of the cultural panorama of a specific country, at least that. I, I want, really want to agree that uh, the important thing is to make good programs in cinema. I mean, I myself, I, I work for a cinema that is not doing the regular releases, but is really um, curating the program. And, and there, I, I also was thinking about that people uh, who are interested in the films that I program, I, I don't want to be, of course I want to think about who they are, but I want to make a good program. And if I remember myself when I was 18, I didn't want to go to the youth program. I wanted to go to the, to the real program. Program. And um, maybe that's also a point um, if we want to make the link to the, uh, to the streaming. Of course, uh, the, the curating of a program is, is like the, the other side of the algorithm. 
Of course, we know algorithms sometimes work very well, or even scarily well. But um, still, I think there is a, a real need for humans and film critics and curators who, who make a choice and who make a real program that's um, recognizable. And then also young, interested young people um, come. Well, the part about curating I found really interesting because that was part of what I heard from my kids. And my son, especially being 15, he said that he thought the offer at the cinema theaters was just too small. And somebody made a choice for him and he found that really disturbing. <laughs> for the generation on demand, it must seem that way, you know? Like they show four films a day. Whenever I'm sitting at home, I've got 25 at disposal or more than that. I think it has also to do with exclusivity. If, if you're grown up with everything available to you and, and more than you can watch, I mean, there are more films around now at home that you can see in a day and there's going to be even more. I mean, with, with companies like Disney putting everything on the streaming service, there's more piracy as well. I, my nephew never paid anything for a film in his life. He's stealing them all because they're available and it's easy. And whatever Disney puts out is two hours later, it's on the net. So that's simple. And that's not exclusive, and you can have that. But things that are exclusive and things that are not readily available become more interesting. So one of the initiatives that seems to work is, for example, the Film Festival of Cannes has made a youth program. They invite young people for three or four days to Cannes to watch films. They have to find their own accommodation, but the rest is free for them. And the Cannes Film Festival is not a public festival. It's, it's Usually it's not for tourists. So I think... These young people who have been to that, they carry on. They, they have experienced something else. And I think that's part of what the festivals can do. But to go to the cinema where your parents usually go on Thursday night and even being in danger of meeting the neighbors there, it's not really attractive, at least as long as you're under 20. <laughs> can we just, uh, the, uh, the part about the events character of going to a movie theater on Thursday night, can we keep that for later on? But I would just like to ask about... Um, the scarcity. Was, was that what you meant? You know, like Michael sort of uh, went in that direction of saying the offer is so big, it's like an endless sea of whatever. So it needs curating even for young people, even though they might not understand at whatever the age of my, my son being 15, most probably he doesn't really understand. He thinks that a lot of films are better <laughs> than four films. Yeah, I think that there is the poetry of scarcity that <clears throat> we can understand, you know. You have very few things, so when you get them, you're excited. And it's, it's a very romantic figure, and we, we all can get there. But there's also the other thing, which is the, the sheer excitement of having all these things coming at you, to be able to browse as soon as you're bored, you, you, you go to something else, and you make love with algorithms, you know? And then maybe at a certain point you realize, no, actually, algorithm is making love to you and not in a nice way, mm. and uh, you, you feel trapped, and you feel uh, like managed in a way. So people react to that. We talk about this uh, uh, fatigue, you know, this Netflix fatigue, this algorithm fatigue. <laughs> the way you describe it, it sounds like swiping on Tinder. Well, yes, you, you, you just outgrow that thing. And maybe it's the same with the films. When you get tired of swiping the films away, yes? Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is really a feedback uh, I receive, you know? This, this bonanza of having all these opportunities. In a way, it's great because you can connect things, you know? But it, you still need a, a critic point of view. 
you need still an education to go through all these things coming at you. But I can really understand this excitement of having access to everything. Uh, and then, but again, going back to curating, because this is what I, I care the most. Uh, I go for people who curate, people who, who, who filter people who can add information. That's exciting to me. How can you convey that to a new generation? It's, uh, well, generally speaking, because of course, new generation is composed of many different people. But what I, saw, what I see also is that inside of their generation, there are people coming up with ideas on how to select movies. Mm. And uh, that's an interesting point. And sometimes the parameters of selecting is more like social. You, you see that kind of identity creeping up a lot, you know, uh, defining genders, defining topics, that's really, it's, it's even before aesthetic, it's even before the experience, it's really about what kind of world you want to be seen, to want to be told, and, uh, but in a way, I think we, 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 we I think I, I, I'm part of that, but uh, young people really are in this drunken moment of uh, abusing of that, but I, if, my perception is that it's, Getting there, actually, my perception is not relevant, but we just talked with Kevin Billy, you know, who will hold this position, uh, very interesting position about the future of film. It sounds very pompous, but uh, actually makes sense because Kevin Billy invented video essay, he invented the desktop uh, documentary, he said the biggest camera in the world is your desktop, you know? And what, so he's totally in contact with this reality. And what he says is that we are getting out of that. The discussion of being excited by all this quantity is more like a 90s thing, you know? But we're getting out of that. The new generation is getting out of that. Where, is it, where, where, do, where does that lead? I, I don't know exactly. We mm -hmm. don't know. But it, it seems like we're getting out of that. <laughs> a pretty well-known musician once told me that he heard some person say, oh, I just downloaded 15,000 songs. And he thought to himself, so what did you achieve, really? <laughs> when are you going to listen to those? So I think that the sea of films could be just yeah. about the same thing, right? So scarcity is maybe maybe a way of getting yeah. I, I think you need a certain age to make that work. I mean, shuff, shuffle play on on my music is interesting because it brings back the memories because mm -hmm. I know my music, and it's actually the same with the films. I'm 60 now, and if I start shuffling my film library, it's really interesting. But if you don't have that, if you don't have that kind of memory. This, this can be just too much. But I was wondering, there were all these school programs, uh, Gymnasium in Liestal and in Basel, they have cinema days. They're curated. There's usually teachers that set up a program and the kids really love it. Hmm. And they prepare for that and they work afterwards and that, that sticks to some of them. But have you ever tried having a, a curated night the kids can curate themselves? or some kind of a program slot that you would open to, to people from a gymnasium? It's a, it's a good idea. We had it indirectly because we hosted, co-hosted the Jugendfilmtage. Mm -hmm. But although it's also adults making the program, uh, no, it's a good idea. What we have right now, which I think is very interesting, it was the initiative of a projectionist actually working at our cinema, that she invites a school class of young teenagers. And first she tells about the cinema, she shows the technique, we have 35 still, so it's also this idea of, of showing physically what cinema is. But then in the second part of the day, they go out and make their own short documentaries. And then, and then a month later, they all watch them together again in the cinema. So it's, 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 it's this idea of, of uh, um, having different ways and approaches 
uh, to to reach young people or, or to to teach this culture even until making your films yourself but it's true it's interesting i i want to add this I think it's a lot about communication mm -hmm. also. I'm trying to have more contact to younger people because I'm also, I'm 45, I'm the youngest here, but I'm <laughs> not so young anymore either. Um, is, is on one hand, is the communication of the program, for example, for us, the person who does the social media is very important because uh, the uh, Instagram channel has become very important. Also films that were really visited by young people, I mentioned only to Port Authority and Futur Drei, to um, films that were very attractive for young people in our cinema, were, were, um, had a very good uh, um, presence on Instagram. And so we could really connect to this and the person who takes care of this is very good with this. And the other thing is, yes, is listening more to young people and trying to find out how to do, uh, to, to program together. I mean, there have all, be, all these attempts been, even with the filmmakers themselves, the, to put an influencer into your film. You get the whole audience of the in influencer as well. We've had that with, uh, well, with a few films, like uh, Zoe Holzhusen was in at least two Swiss films. And of course, you get an instant audience of, of 80,000 people who want to, film, want to see the film she is in. So that kind of multiplication might work for a while, but it, it's a scam, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I, I, also, the, the fixation on age, I think, is also a little bit risky yeah. at the same time. And this sounds more like a star system thing, no? Like to have a famous yeah. face in a film, it's, it's a different... Yeah, because I think we're all in this, uh, yeah, in this tension that you want to have a, a young audience, but at the same time, I mean, I don't want to be ageist, I want to have... a people who are interested that everybody can come and yeah i found the idea really interesting that you mentioned before that you said uh, when when you're curating something that is supposed to reach a younger audience that you're thinking about yourself when you were 18 or something or you you don't really yeah you don't you don't put a direct focus on young people you just think well it's got to be interesting and all that as a festival as a representative of that festival uh, really about getting young people to be acquainted, to feel comfortable with cinema, to explore cinema. I, I can talk about abstract concepts, but then I have a daughter, you know? And when she was eight years old, I turned my living room into a cinema. And I said, okay, uh, once in a month, there is like special screening, like a, a cinematic experience, everything. I closed the door, and every time to enter, she had to do something weird, like I had a Jean Rouge movie about you know, ethno ethnology in Africa, Cocorico Monsieur Poulet. Then she, she would have to wear African style, and she enters, she would have fried chicken and fried bananas, and she would see the movie, and then there is a rear view mirror suddenly from this very broken down car. The guy holds a, a rear view mirror, you know, he takes it out from the seat and just watches backwards and so I, I gave her one so sometimes yeah, she has to look backwards but my, 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 my point was she must feel comfortable with the movie and also I trained her to make like a nonsense joke by walking, watching movies by uh, Louise Buñuel mm. I said you would not understand a thing but that's the concept of nonsense well these things really stuck with her it was very playful but then I didn't have this thing of oh but now it's the sacred moment of the screening so we don't talk you know we don't do anything no you no. just playfully yes we interact with the movie hmm. and I think this takes away this distance of oh I, I, okay I have to do this core again you know I have to chores sit there and okay yeah enjoy the story of cinema no I think really especially in the very young age 
Um, I think maybe the experience of cinema that we all had is really about that, being very young and going to cinema and really feel totally in trance in front of a, of a movie, really feeling at home. Yeah. I remember going home, going to cinema very young with a blanket. That was the time where you could stay for the screenings all the time. I would, we could see musicals in Geneva. I would sit there and I would sleep. I would sleep in cinema through the movies because it just felt comfortable to, to, to be there. So I think this is... This physical experience needs also to be accompanied. Then you, you get more sophisticated and less, you know. <laughs> you need less. It, it sitting is enough. But I think at young age, very young age, it's very important to have this kind of physical relation with the experience of going to a theater. So you're kind of like privately creating the event character that in a certain sense has been lost for Thursday evenings out with the parents or so? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that seems to have been lost somewhere on the way. How do, how, do you, how do you regain that? Or is that just part of one generation and the, the next one has a different way of experiencing? I, I don't even get the reference anymore of the Thursday night. Why Thursday night? I, I don't know, because uh, Michael mentioned it before that uh, somehow it must have been his parents who went out every Thursday night to the movies. I don't know. but I, I mean, th there were things like that. When I was a student, there was one cinema in Basel. You just went there every... Wednesday because they changed the program then and it was always a double feature. It was a grindhouse cinema and we were drinking beer and smoking in there and it was just big party every Wednesday for all of, of that age group between 20 and 30. That was just something we had to do. But of course, this, this was also a, an environment where we felt free and among ourselves. It was not the sacred cinema temple. It was just some, a place you could let the sour house. <laughs> and that worked. And I think that doesn't exist right now. I mean, the big, big multiplex cinemas, they, of course they have room for young people. They have a bowling alley or whatever there. But it's not a place where you meet. It's not the place where you can drink beer together or sit in a corner and smoke and then go and see another film. It's just... It's also sterile, mm. so I think lifeless that, in, a, yes. in, a, in a sense. So yeah. more or less, that that's missing. You don't want to go to the place where your parents sit in the evening. You can't go to the big multiplex. Where's the cinema where you can be among yourselves and just do something else and see the film once mm. in a while? I remember seeing Ben Hua in front of an audience of Italian workers who. Uh, organized it so that on Saturday evening in, in Zurich they would have one cinema, and I saw Ben Hua in there, and it was like a giant party. I mean, with people passing around uh, Fiasca di Vino and roast chicken, etc., etc., and the film was just so, sort of like a backdrop to the whole thing. But that's part of cinema culture as well, Michael just mentioned. How do you regain all that? I mean, you did it privately, but yeah. as, as, as a festival? Well, as a festival, for example, well, the Piazza Grande is like that. We all remember a night where the sky was very starry, you know. I remember Wim Wender saying, uh, you know, showing my movie, uh, the, how do you say that in, in German, Der Himmel über Berlin? No? Der Himmel über Berlin. Okay, something mm. like that. Mm. <laughs> he said it was the best experience in my life showing that movie on the Piazza Grande. I really felt like uh, the, the, the ground and the people were connecting with the sky and the movie was there in the middle, like accompanying people. And we all experienced that and sometimes... Uh, you would eat outside, people would eat a pizza with, with garlic next to you, or someone would smoke a cigar. But it goes into a very physical thing. I think, the, I think really the, the physical, I go back to the physicality. I think we took away the physicality. Uh, the only physicality we left is that of mainly popcorns and, and Coca-Cola, you know. 
but there are other kind of physicality that have been lost. My connection, when I was young, I was in Spain, I went to see movies in arenas uh, in summers where they would have bulls during the year and they would take away the bulls uh, and they would put a cinema there for summer and you would see like Western movie. But then people would, again, eat chicken and uh, lots of smell would come over. It's, it's really a physical experience. And I think this is also something, I don't know, how to put a smell in a theater, maybe it's not a good idea. But what John Waters did, but it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I but, once experienced yeah, with something actually, like that. But I also come from that, that generation where John Waters made like this odorama movie. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show would be like a ritual. People would bring things in and throwing rice and interacting mm. with the movie, you know. And uh, the physical aspect, I think it's one aspect that is... You, it is not for every single movie, but this is really to Let's say, this hope is, not. Yes. but this is like the place this could happen. But yeah, and, and I want to add that I mean, festivals especially are not gone. I mean, festivals are working very well. I, I, all the cinemas, or at least in Zurich, are trying to host festivals. So this physicality and this intensity of a moment that you have, especially also with guests and everything, and uh, of a festival, everybody wants this at the moment. So it's, I don't think that this is gone. And on the other hand, for young people, there is still also cine clubs, um, not as many as in the 60s probably, but still uh, in Zurich there's the big one of the ETH, of the technical high school. They still have a real cine club where they would sit together. I don't know if they're allowed to smoke, probably not, but to, to drink. And also to, to, to make the link to this, we also notice in the cinema, I organize quite a bit of events with Q&As or discussions depending on, on films or programs. Then we always have more people coming. Of of course, it's like the to have more than a film. Mm -hmm. to that's have, the event. Uh, that's we the event. Yeah. To have to have a discussion. I mean, it seems so basic, but that's the point. And this is also what you don't get at home. Of course, you can have a virtual Q and A and etc. But <laughs> this thing of of uh, someone, a guest being here. I remember doing the first thing in May this year and having two guests. We were sitting quite close together masks or not, didn't know. And just being together, we were so happy. And the audience, and Zurich audience is quite known as being quite cool and not so friendly. It was as nice as it had ever been. And we had really, really good discussions. And for me, it was the real proof um, that people want to go back to the cinema. And of course, sometimes you need to give a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, you can do this every day. You don't have to do this every day. But if you can, it, it's good. And, and then also helps, young yeah. people came. Mm. But I think we're, we're forgetting something. Some of the cinemas we used to have appeared exactly out of, of the opposite. The Neue Kino in Basel, even the Xenix, it, it came out of the youth movement. So there was something there first. And some people decided we want to, to show some films here in the Altenstadtgärtnerei in Basel, for example. So there was a new kind of cinema that popped up where the people already were. And I think that's not really happening these days. So I don't see many pop-up cinemas and, and initiatives and those places where young people really meet. But then are there places where young people really meet? That, that's my problem in Basel. I don't know where they, where they go. We just don't know. No. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That's probably a great secret, and that's good for them. Yeah, they don't want us to know. <laughs> you hear a lot about those cinemas, for example, in Berlin. Yeah. Um, some real holes in the wall where mm -hmm. somebody sets up, you know, like a screen, and, and people will be watching movies together. Can I get back to my question? 
that was somehow forgotten in the midst sorry, of... Sorry, sorry. No, I, never mind, never mind. Um, I, I focus. <laughs> curating for young people. That's uh, the last serious point for today. So <laughs> I, was, I was asking myself after what Jenny said, you know, like not really having in mind um, a particular young audience, but thinking about, you know, like, like starting with a film, the interest that the film could generate. How do you see that from the point of view of a festival? Would you, would you agree with that? I don't know. It's, it's such a difficult topic because uh, it seems like we always start assuming that we're talking to a form of elite people. Because if you talk, generally speaking, people really don't have culture. They don't care about cinema. Cinema is a complex culture. Maybe it's a culture of the past for most of the people. So this is like, uh, to me, this is, this is becoming so, uh, uh, such an urgent question that it's difficult then not to address first this question to really answer your question, you know? And... Um, I, I'm really in, in, in the doubt right now because okay. often in Locarno when we talk about the festival, I come up with very provocative jokes like, you know, the, the Piazza Grande is turning into a museum, like we celebrate the history of cinema, you know, and uh, so little by little we become like Estival Jazz in, Locarno, in Lugano and then little by little we go to Jazz Ascona, you know, so cinema becoming like this old time pleasure of, oh, 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 here's the movie, you know, and how do you bring new excitement, new relevance. Um, and then comes the question, where, where, what is relevant to the young generation? How, where they get, get together? What, what, what happens there? Well, the base camp that we make in Lozone, for me, is, like, is an answer, because we have people coming from very different disciplines. It's too long to, to be explained right now, but just to make it short, it's people going from scientist to a graphic designer mm. to, to musician, and they all come together and they agree that the, the cinema is a culture that is worth talking to, you mm. know? But for them, it's like cultural safari. I would go, I would never go for a safari, but let's say I go <laughs> in Africa and I just meet the landscape there. I take away a very important feeling, but I would not live there. It's not, it's not my landscape. That's, but I think cinema could be relevant also in that way, you know? It could be like a passing experience because other experiences are becoming more relevant. Maybe it's sad to say that. I, I'm sad by saying that. But in a way, I think this gives also a relevant experience to people who have things that they think are more relevant right now to focus on every day. But cinema comes into play like that, you know? And uh, yeah, sorry, it's, it's, such a, it's such, a, such a difficult... Uh, it is too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Anyway. <laughs> may, may I just add that sure. I, I also think... Uh, that we shouldn't be too pessimistic, that it's, 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 maybe cinema doesn't have this exclusivity anymore of a temple where we go to, and, but, but there's more different ways to, to watch films. There's also more different ways to make films. It's also a democratization, which is good. So also, let's say if more people can see a film, or even if it's a video, whatever, let's not make too much also of a difference between a long film and, and, a, and a good little video or something. It's, it, it's just one thing among others. And I guess basically this is good. Okay, anything to add? I'm looking around, else I'm just gonna end here with a little poetic story that I think tells you everything about the magic of movies. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, it was a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, I think, no school. And the sun was shining and I said, I'm going to the movies because there is this movie that I absolutely want to see. I must have been 10 or 11 years old and my mom said, you are completely nuts. Why are you going to go and sit in a, in a movie theater to watch a film when outside everybody's going swimming to the lake? 
And I said, no, I'm going to go to the movies. And I went in there. We were about three people in a movie theater built for about 500 people. And after the film, it was La Guerre des Boutons, um, yeah, black and white film from France, beginning of the 60s, about kids. And when I got out, it took me about half an hour to find myself back in reality again. And I'm, I suppose that this is a, a magical story about movies, I think, that can happen to anybody nowadays. This was the Kulturstammtisch, our theme today, Movies Generation On Demand. Thanks for being here, Jenny Bilte, Michael Seinhauser, and Stefano Knuchel. My name is Eric Facon.